up everybody welcome back to the championship leadership podcast and i'm excited about today's guest had an incredible episode today actually she was referred to us by one of our previous uh guests on the show aaron zach out of texas and uh aaron's episode was one of the my favorites and and this one ended up being right up there as well so uh the time flew by which is always a great in- indicator of of how the conversation went so i know that you guys will Enjoy this episode with Taylor White from Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, and you can find out more about Taylor at uh, on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Taylurk, which is T-A-Y-L-U-R-K. Uh, her website, uh, she's got a show, uh, a gallery, a show coming up with, uh, I believe, 20 or 21 of her pieces of art. Uh, the theme of the show, once again, Pursuit of Happiness. Uh, coming up here uh, through the month of August, I believe, opens up this Friday. Today is June 9th, 2021. So uh, we had a we had a fun conversation, got into a lot of different uh, areas of conversation. So I know that you'll enjoy it. Uh, please also go check out my website, natebailey.org. You can get a free copy of my 100 Mile Mindset audiobook uh, right there on my website. You can find out more about my uh, world-class events, the three-day soon to be four day unleash the leader within experience as well as the 24 hour cl 24 championship leadership 24 hour experience as well so uh, with that without further ado i want to get into the show with taylor white hey what's up everybody welcome to the championship leadership podcast and i'm excited today we got taylor white from uh you know we just rehearsed this but i'm probably going to screw it up but rally rally north carolina Raleigh. Raleigh. The A is long. It is Raleigh. It's yeah, Raleigh. Raleigh. It's Raleigh. Totally. I messed it up. Damn it. All right. That's all right. Uh, but yeah, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, so I would like to ask this first question first, and then we'll kind of get into you and, and your story and w- what you're up to. But uh, the name of the podcast is Championship Leadership. So what comes to mind for you? What, what does championship leadership mean to you when you hear that? I mean, I, I kind of knew you were going to ask that question. You knew it. 
Um, but I didn't prepare an answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, I think it's it's interesting coming into what leadership actually feels like embodied over time, like as I've gotten older and more confident and comfortable with who I am. And, um, you know, I always thought about like, who do I look to as a leader and what qualities do they have? And it's like, you know, they are grounded and centered in themselves and exude warmth and strength. And they're somebody that you, you, you want to follow because you feel safe following them. So it's not like, you know, leadership isn't how can I assert my dominance and get my way in this situation and tell people what to do. It's how can I be what will attract people to want to be a part of what I'm creating. Yeah. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I definitely think leadership and I'm sure it will, it'll always continue to evolve just like everything else, but um, it's definitely evolved to that. Right. I think, Earlier on in our lives, it was probably a little bit more so of the assertive, just do as I say and don't mm -hmm. and let's go type attitude. And sometimes that's necessary depending on the situation. Um, but more so, I think, yeah, definitely fits uh, your definition, which I love because it's, I ask this question every time and, and I always get a different answer. So I just, it's interesting to me to, to see all the different ways we slice up championship leadership. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think it's important to know when to be assertive and when to just be, you know, yeah. the pillar. I think, you know, as children, you know, there's people who like, there are people who are natural leaders and you all hear it's like, oh, you're a natural leader. because People just gravitate towards you, but it's not because you're bossy necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like there are people who inhabit leadership in that manner and just become kind of, you know, bullies and, and that kind of thing. And that's, yeah. that's one way to do it, but I don't think it's generally the best way to do it. Yeah, totally. You really want to be somebody that people like people feel good about following. Yeah. Like you say, just people kind of gravitate towards you because exactly they just, you know, we all, we're all reading and judging people all the time. And you just know, like you said, you just know, you know, good mm -hmm. people when you see them, um, exactly. great leaders when you see them. And a lot of times maybe you can't even exactly put a finger finger on exactly what it is or why that is, but you just, you just know it when you see it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's hear more about you. Uh, you're an, you're an artist. Is that is that the is that the correct term? That is the that is the correct term in a nutshell. <laughs> like yeah. I, uh, I'm going to be honest. I read your bio and I'm like, who the hell wrote this? Like, it's definitely an artist. Number one, number two. I'm like, I'm there's some big words in there. And I'm just trying to figure out what it all means. But uh, oh, it's word. Yeah, I I enjoy wordsmithing. That you I guess as is well? the word. Yeah. Like, um, well done. First of all, I'm like, yeah, definitely multi-talented. So, um, thank you. Please break that down for, for someone that's not familiar uh, with your line of work and, you know, just reading, I'm like, man, you can just like anything, I suppose. Um, you can, there's so many different ways you can go with it. Right. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit more about you and maybe your backstory, how far you want to go back and, what's kind of led you to the path that you are today and what is it that you're up to today? Great. Well, yeah, in five, five minutes or less. Uh, so you want me to yeah. basically break down uh, what I mean when I say I'm an artist? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, explain what you do as sure. an artist, I guess. Okay. So, well, I, I am a visual artist, painter and muralist primarily. That's how I make my living. Um, I have always been, 
uh, had like a, a talent for drawing and painting any kind of draftsmanship from, you know, to the age of two until, you know, the age of 36. So, um, you know, it's been, it's been one of those things. It's been kind of part, I, I've been kind of closely identified with it since birth. Cause it was one of those things that when, you know, enough people tell you you're an artist and you're like, okay, I guess that's true. Um, and then the, you know, predominant mission of life was, you know, how can I put my gifts to the highest and best use? So I found myself trying out uh, commercial illustration, that kind of thing. I, I went to Savannah College of Art and Design thinking, you know, I, you know, if I was going to be an artist for a living, I better not be a starving artist. So yeah. I went the creative careers route, found myself in illustration. That worked out for a couple of years. I didn't really feel fulfilled um, doing that and ended up finding myself back in, in painting in, in a different way. And so I think that that route and that path actually got me to a point where I could actually make a, a living painting commercially rather than kind of painting academically. Mm -hmm. um, so I came up kind of through the illustration to street art to contemporary muralism and fine art. So I could, I guess I could probably go into that a little more. <laughs> yeah. Well, right now you have a show, right? Yeah. So I, I, what that is and what that looks like. I am putting together a solo exhibition of my fine art, which will be the first time that I exhibit my fine art in Raleigh. I've done solo exhibitions around, I've done a few in Australia and Atlanta and a couple of other places, but here is like, I've lived, I'm, I'm from here and I've moved back seven years ago in that seven years, I've been so busy doing murals and haven't taken the time to share my work with the community. So it was important to me to take the opportunity as it came up this year to finally do that. I've been talking about it for a couple of years and the sort of convalescence of different circumstances led me to choose the moment to do it. Yeah. So, so I rented a storefront downtown. I produced all the work, you know, in the past year, but primarily the bulk of the work has been produced in the last six months. Um, and, you know, it was one of those like, okay, I'm throwing my hat over the fence first. I rented the space, so yeah. I, I better finish all these paintings, you yeah. know? Do you, um, do you uh, find that that's an important part for a uh, piece to, to some, uh, taking on something like that, like a show? As in making the commitment and then like, Hey, yeah. Like I'm going to go rent this space because absolutely. a lot of people will say they want to do this or they want to do that. And it's always out into the future and they're never taking steps they exactly. in the line and it never happens. Exactly. And I, you know, I, I've spent a lot of my life coming up with ideas and then not fulfilling on any of them because I wasn't willing to take the risk and to take the step. And I found at a certain point, I found that the best way for me to get it done was to put the pressure on myself by making a commitment to something and then working backwards from there, because otherwise you just have the safety of your own ideas yeah. and you can just be like, well, I, I'll get to it someday, but I'm busy right now because this came up. And then you have like endless distractions that keep you from doing what you have yeah. set out to do. Right. So it's like, you know, taking the risk of, you know, putting on the deposit on the space and 
yeah. announcing it to the whole world that you're going to do this. It's like, okay, well, I guess I've got to find a way to get this done. Better come through. And it's, a, it's interesting, you know, miracles can happen. Like I didn't think I was going to do this until about three months ago. Yeah. And then I did, I just said yes. And then everything, and then I, you just light a fire under your butt and put everything, everything. It's amazing how easy it is to get things done when you have a, a goal yeah. and a mission, you know? So important. Um, that's pretty universal, right? And, Absolutely. Uh, what's, uh, so is the show live right now? It opens on Friday, June on 11th. Friday. Um, and it will be open nervous from, say that again. Is it exciting, nervous? Like, uh, what are your thoughts, feelings going into it? All of the above. Like, yeah. you know, I haven't really had the time to feel nervous because I have a to-do list as long as my arm. So <laughs> I've just been like chipping away and doing everything. It feels good. You know, I what I've noticed is like, so I've, I'm a self-employed full-time artist and I set my own schedule and some days it's very hard to, to um, differentiate between like my on time and my off time. So I would reach the end of my work day and settle down and, and relax before bed. And I would always feel like there was more to do. Mm-hmm. Like, could I be doing more? Yeah. Um, but in the process of preparing for this show, I found myself at the end of every day feeling fulfilled. Like I had accomplished a lot and I felt like I could give myself a break. You know, it's like I did all of these things. And so it's interesting that although I have more to do, feeling like I set a goal and fulfilled it at the end of the day, like makes, it makes all the difference. I will try to bring that mindset into my life as I go forward you know, right. how, I think uh, I, I digressed a little bit from the original point, which I can't remember what it was, but that's okay. No, you're good. Um, perfect. So the show, what, what's, what's involved in a show? What's, what's the, what's the goal? Is it, is there a financial outcome from this? Uh, I would imagine it's more yeah. financial as well, but like, just like, I really don't know, you know, of I course the goal, like, I mean, the goal is to sell work for sure. Oh, you okay. know, I, I made a, a significant financial commitment to renting the space for three months and buying the beer and wine and things that I'm going to be giving people yeah. to come and like producing the, like spending a considerable time producing the work and all of that stuff. And, you know, the, and I spent time money on advertising and marketing and all of that stuff. So yeah. I expect, I I hope to make, I hope to at least break even on that, if not profit from it. And, you know, the, the good thing about me producing the whole thing is yes, it's a financial risk, but I also get a hundred percent of the profits from the show and I have full control, which is great. You know, the galleries are, are wonderful mechanisms, especially for artists who don't have the capital or the willingness to put up the capital to do their own thing. Um, but they, you know, most of them take, you know, you, the artist only gets to keep half. Yeah. And betting, betting on yourself, obviously. And yeah. you know who you are, you know what you can do, you know, it's not your first rodeo either. So right. I think betting on yourself is a, a good way to put it. It's like, yeah, yeah, I feel like this is the right time and the right move. Yeah. So how many pieces go into a show like this Let's for you? See, I think I have, tw- I think I have 22 paintings in the show. And then I have, a, I'm doing a limited edition print as well. It's going to be available on opening night. Okay. Um, and I plan on releasing one or two more prints during the course of the, the show's run. Okay. Um, I haven't decided which ones, but 
So do I, I literally that. just show up to your show and I, I would just be like, Hey, I want to buy this, this particular piece or what's the process. Yeah. You would, you would be able to buy the piece on the night. You would, you would have to leave the show, leave the show would stay up for two months. So you'd be able to collect it at the end of the show. Okay. okay. And so, you know, you put down your, you pay it for it on the night or whatever. You get a bill of sale and like, then you get to pick it up in two months. Got you. So is there a, is there a theme to, to the show, to the work or is it? Yeah. I mean, the show is this, I, I called the show pursuit of happiness and I, you know, I have a, a kind of multitude of reasons for choosing the title. It kind of just came up, like came into my head and didn't leave mm-hmm. during the amount of, th- during the time that I spent, uh, you know, working on the show. And it really is um, like the events of the past year, especially have kind of put into the forefront kind of what our way of life has led us to like the way of being that our way of life has led us to be like, I mean, I I think we, we live in a, a world now where we are kind of tempted into the, the softness of comfort of the modern world. Um, you know, we're, we are as sort of spiritual beings always try to seek growth and long for growth and connection and, and all of that. And emotionally and mentally, especially with the pandemic happening, locking us down shutting us away, like making us feel fear. Yeah. Like there's, like, there's only one, like the only, the only goal of life is to survive as long as possible. Yeah. You know, and we have our internet and we have our entertainment and then we have the problems that we create in our mind mm-hmm. because we don't really have any real strife. Yeah. Um, and so all of those ideas I were, I was kind of swirling around and, 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 and yeah. like, you know, I want to point out the satiation of kind of nonsense information and entertainment and everything that we are, you know, languishing in. Mm-hmm. as people and kind of point to the path, the possible path of kind of discovering who we are really are as human beings and what our purpose is on earth. And the fact that we are allowing ourselves to be ripped off by our distractions and not experiencing life as it should yeah. be experienced. Yeah. And so it's a little bit of a, a warning, but also like I, I keep it playful. You know, I, I, I want to make sure that people know that I'm not, like a doomsday person. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, we're all going to, you know, this is all, this is all garbage and we suck and we're doing it wrong and everything. It's like, yeah, we are doing it wrong, but there's a path forward and there's a, a different way to think about it. And I hope that through like the joy and the experience of seeing the work and, and everything, like I can kind of get people to think about that kind of thing. I love it. Is that a message that you also will communicate throughout the show? Yeah, I'll have a statement that's quite a bit more eloquent than what I've just laid out for you. Um, That was great, though. It's an out like I've got an outline. That's basically those ideas. And I'll between in the next 48 hours, I'll put that into paragraph form and that'll be available at the show. Um, Yeah, you bet. So, okay. Very cool. um, Interesting. So, yeah, it's like a statement. You know, people, artist statements are important. I think people need to feel like they, that you're communicating something of meaning to them and not just telling them to go look at this pretty thing because you made it, you know? Right. Right. Um, so I want people to think about it. I want people to feel, I want people to experience the joy of being out in the world and forget about this pandemic that has, you know, 
sucked everybody's energy up over the last 18 months. Um, But also think about what that time has done to all of us. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And it, it definitely feels like we're coming out of it finally. So uh, I, it does feel that way. Like I took, I took my mask off as soon as they lifted the mandate and I haven't looked back. Um, I know people are like, like people have their own levels of comfort with regard sure. to it, but I'm just like, I've already forgotten that I ever had to wear one of those things. And I'm thankful for that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, how is it? So I want to come back to something you just talked about the energy that you put into it. Uh, to this, not just to the art, but it's as a business itself, right? To I, I know from running events, what it takes, all the things, like you said, the, the laundry list of things that you have to do to just make this thing happen that people don't ever see. Um, and then, of course, there's a that's hopefully not all your life, like you have a personal life too. So, do you, are you in a relationship or like how do you, and if you're not, you know, being married, three kids, like and running a business and running and doing all these things. Cause I'm in kind of that, that phase where I don't have a heart, huge team to be able to just put things off to, to help me to get things done necessarily. So how do you, I guess, just balance um, all of that with also living your life? I, I, you know, I find it pretty, like, I, I still, I'm, I'm not married, not don't have a family of my own yet. And I, but I have a good network of friends I have my, my parents are still around to help and they're actually helping me hang the show right now. Awesome. I've got an assistant. I've got, you know, I've got a lot of good friends who are willing to show up and be there. And I really appreciate that. I, I'm expecting a ton of people to come to the show and I have a dog that is my ward and my father helps take care of the dog or has helped take care of the dog the last week while I've been I don't like having a kid. Well, I have been, oh yeah, it's having a kid. I feel terrible for her because she just doesn't have the freedom here to be able to run around and do things. So he took her up to the mountains and she's just having the time of her life up there being free. So, I mean, that's, it's been a huge load off my mind because I have been able to dedicate a hundred percent of my time to this. So, and if I had children, I think that was probably, you know, if I'm honest, that's one of the reasons for me to take this opportunity now, because like, if I don't do this now, there will come a time where I'll want to do it, but I'll have children, for example, yeah. and I won't be able to do it. Um, or at least I won't be able to do it in the same way. I don't want to get too sucked into the trap of like, I have to choose between my livelihood and my children, because I don't yeah, think that that's, I think that's a little bit of a false, you know, false dichotomy, I guess. Um, but it would be much more difficult to be able to divide that energy up and devote a hundred percent of myself into this show as I've been doing for the past few months. So that's the answer to that question. I think, I hope it was sufficient. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who, who are some of the, who have been some championship leaders, some mentors, coaches, people in your life that, um, have made a significant impact on you as an artist, as a person. And, uh, you know, it's always less about who it is and more about like, what is it about them? Like what are some of the characteristics that really have stood out or what are some of the things that you've really taken from those that have impacted you personally, professionally? Um, by all means, share the name if you feel uh, comfortable doing that. Sure. Um, let me try to present myself to that a little bit more. I think that, you know, speaking of all of the 
you know, the, the characteristics that are embodied by the people that you look up to. I spend a lot of my youth looking up to teachers that I found particularly inspiring or had the qualities of making me feel accepted in a way that the majority of my educators over my lifetime didn't Yeah. through no necessary fault of their own. It's just like some people can handle it. Some people can't, Yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, you're talking about leaderships and mentors throughout my life and sort of the characteristics that I, that I have found to be helpful. So I think that I found myself feeling supported and accepted and mentored and guided the most during high school. Mm -hmm. I went to a, I went to a small private school um, called St. Mary's in Raleigh and you know, it was the class size 60, like 60 people in my graduating class. So like our data, our class sizes could be anywhere from six to 10 kids, but not like rarely any more than that. Um, and I found like the educators that were a part of that environment were much more willing and able to give the attention that I needed. Yeah. Whereas, you know, in the, in the factory farming environment of public school, there's, that just wasn't possible, I think. You know, lots of people go into the public school education idealistically, like thinking you're going to help a bunch of people, but then you get mired in bureaucracy and 30 kids who don't want to be there. And like, you just can't, like, you just can't. So I I really felt loved and cared for and and guided appropriately by the teachers at at St. Mary's, um, all of whom I've invited to the show. Awesome. Um, That's great. Many of whom are going to be there. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, beyond that, you know, I've had, I just, you know, it's kind of the, the qualities that I talked about at the beginning, like the warmth and the stability and the, uh, you know, having the ideas that I am attracted to and being willing to talk to me about those ideas. And, you know, I've got, you know, one of my closest friends who also I consider a mentor in, in a lot of ways, spiritually and, and mentally, um, his name is Helm. Kalfi, he will be there as well. Um, just, you know, and I, I think like just being, being kind of like a, a guiding figure and, you know, having, having lived the life, like, I think there's lots of parallels in, in his life and, and mine and how we relate to the world and everything. And to have that guidance from someone who's been through it and went through it before me, um, I find very helpful. So, yeah. Um, no, no, no. Like that's, that's, that's the gist of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's, um, what would be, you know, what, what's the vision for you? What do you, what do you want to do? Um, you know, I think championship leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs, artists have an incredible vision. Uh, oftentimes one that's hard for others to see, right? Like it doesn't make sense to a lot of other people because, um, the best of the best, just they can see things oftentimes and much differently than others that keep them I don't know, at the top or, or at the lead of the pack, I guess you'd say. So what's, what's the vision for you and more so more importantly, maybe short term next five years, like what, what's the impact that you would like to make through that vision that you have for yourself and for your art and your work? Yeah, it's a great, great question. I, um, you know, I, I consider myself still in kind of the beginning stages of, of my career in general, even though I've been in it for 10 years and I'm feeling, I'm feeling established. I felt like established in the last two to three years. And at the same time, I feel like I have, I've got, you know, 
there's still so much more to do. I would love to be able to get bigger clients. I'm starting to get more like high end corporate clients that will be able allow me to be able to take fewer mural projects per year and still be able to cover my, you know, cost of living. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, dedicate myself to fine art and whatever other projects I feel like I should be doing, you know, as an artist, there's room for me to dedicate myself to projects that don't have anything to do with art at all. Like I'm interested in, you know, environmental regeneration and that kind of thing, mostly on a local level. I want to, you know, um, want to grow my own food and impact the community and, you know, impact the community to different habits of consumption and just whole health, like whole body health, individual health and community health. I think it, you know, I think that health starts with your neighborhood. It doesn't, it doesn't jump to the federal level first. Um, so that's a really important thing that I would like to dedicate myself to. I've been thinking I would love to just, I'm not ready to like go and live on a farm just yet, but that's in my future. I think yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, you know, I love the city. I love it. Yeah. Like, I love Raleigh and I love how it's grown. And I think it's exciting that there's going to be so much more to more to it in the coming years. And like, I feel like, you know, there's going to be a certain point where I wouldn't want to pluck myself out of it. Um, yeah. It's uh, live in a natural setting a little more. I, I, growing up uh, in the middle of nowhere. Um, there's a lot to be said about being out in nature and with space and just, Space. it just does so many things to us that I don't think we really can, again, put that finger on, but it's just like, feels like stress kind of melts away for me personally, definitely. When I go back home, back, back up North, as we call it, um, it's just like, I don't know, it's free, it's peaceful, it's less stressful, just more in tune with, uh, God's incredible creation, uh, that, that, that we have everywhere we go. So yeah, I think that's it. I think it's just like, it's one of those things that you can't see until you can see it yeah. or you can't feel it until you can feel it. Because if you're like, we get used to the environment that we're in and it's like, I never knew I needed glasses until I put them on and I could see everything, you know? Right. right. Absolutely. So you get out and you're like, Oh wow, actually I can feel uh, my connection to the plants. Yep. And that's, and then like, I feel actually like vitality that I just don't feel when I'm living on top of a bunch of other people in an urban environment where I can't let my dog off the leash. And you know yeah. what I mean? Like I have to, yeah, absolutely. I don't know where my food is coming from and all of that stuff. So, um, I think I would venture a guess that that could be a source of healing for a great many people and a great many, uh, sort of social ills yeah. would find themselves resolving naturally. It's actually really um, interesting because I just had that thought this morning on the drive before our show here because I was going to horse camp, right, for my daughter. And it was just, it's just farmland. And it's like, you can see land for as long as you can go, right? And I'm just like, and I'm thinking with, there's all these people and they're all, they all congregate together in these, in these urban areas. And there's like, there's more land than we know what to do with. Like, do people don't, I don't think some people really realize what's truly out there. Uh, for, for sure. And I think people are, people are so much nicer to each other when they don't see people all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, and they're much more willing to help each other. I think people just have a fault. I think people who live in urban environments have a false conception of the way people are in general, because people are, yeah. you know, 
people don't have the space to be nice and polite to every single person. Yeah. It's just a faster pace, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, switch gears um, just a little bit. What's uh? have you ever heard of uh, an author, Stephen Pressfield? Oh, that name sounds familiar. He's uh, he's written a few um, numerous books. Um, one was called Gates of Fire. Bagger Vance is a movie that was made that he wrote um, many, many other books, but he's also wrote this book called The War of Art, which he originally wrote for artists. And it talks about resistance. Mm. And, you know, a lot of authors or artists would, would talk to him after he had some success and I think would have this conversation around like, how do you how do you just do the thing that you're supposed to do? Right. And for him, it was to to write every day uh, to be a professional, not an amateur mm-hmm. for you. I would imagine it would be to paint every day, like uh, as a professional, not as an amateur, but then there's this thing that we call resistance. Right. And uh, for whatever reason, it's these thoughts, uh, these feelings, these emotions that we have that, that tell us that we don't want to, or whatever it might be all the millions of reasons why, but it's an incredible book and it's, it's a pretty popular one, but it's very interesting, especially as an artist, you might want to check it out, but yeah, I'm on the podcast and, uh, you know, we just, we were talking about that. So what, you know, how, do, how do you face resistance in what you do from a day-to-day basis around your work? And, uh, is it an issue for you? Is it, is it something that you deal with and struggle with or is it resistance to get up and, and do your work every single day? Uh, well, I mean, if the question is, do I have resistance? And yes, I do. Absolutely. All the time. Um, you know, there's, there's plenty of times where it's just like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm distracted. I'm not feeling it. Like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be hindered or doing this. And a lot of times I'll go into the studio and I'll just sit there and I'll stare at the wall the whole time. Um, yeah. And then feel badly about that. But, Um, you know, sometimes when I don't have the pressure, like I will kind of throw my time away Mm -hmm. and go do something else. But, you know, when I'm accountable to the show, for example, uh, I can't really do that. So I really have to figure out a way to make it work. I don't necessarily have a conscious formula that I use. I just like, you know, okay, well, you're now your studio hours are in here. Yeah. You can sit and stare at the wall or not, but like you're in here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like I'm not, you know, watching TV or yeah. Yeah. out with friends or whatever, you know, I'm like, sure. you got to go do your work. Um, and there have been times during this, like last four weeks, for example, where I'm like, I've really got a lot more to, to do than I think I'm capable of doing. And I'm still sitting here staring at the wall because I don't have the mental mm-hmm space to do it. But, um, you know, I, I think I don't beat myself up. That's the one thing that's really been made all the difference. I don't, uh, bull like bully myself into it Mm -hmm. either. You know, I make sure that like, okay, I get up at an, at a reasonable time and I start and I, um, you know, do what I need to do. And then I take breaks and then I make sure that I get the sleep that I need. Um, I need nine hours of sleep. So yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, and I don't, and I don't like push, like, I don't push past that because I'm like, even if I, if I were to push past that, I would be, I would be borrowing from my future energy Mm -hmm. and I don't think I could pay it back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. 
So like, I just make sure it's like, okay, if it's time, when it's time for bed, it's time for bed. And when your body is done, it's done. And then you can recharge and then get back to it in the morning. Yeah. And that actually works, has worked really well for me to be able to, to sort of hold the space for myself to do what I need to do and take care of myself so that I'm actually like in the best frame of mind to be able to accomplish what I need to accomplish. And so far it's worked out pretty well. Yeah. I I did get all the pieces done. So yeah. Yeah. That's important. Probably number one, almost I would say. Um, What about fitness? Like, uh, you know, for me, health, fitness, working out, um, physically performing, is everything to me, right? It really yeah. drive um, the rest of the areas of my life when I'm feeling good, when I'm taking care of my body, when I'm competing or having something to train for that just, uh, it lifts all the other areas of my life. You, you seem, you look from, you know, we're on video right now. So if you're listening to this and she looks like she's in shape and fit, uh, is that an important piece to your life? I appreciate that. And yeah, absolutely. And I, it wasn't always like, I, I always kind of used to put myself second And then I would wonder why I wasn't getting anything done, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, because I was busy being in a bad frame of mind and like tired and not feeling well and that kind of thing. And now, you know, I found that by putting my health and nutrition and wellness first, I thereby get all the things like I I am aligned and accomplish what I need to accomplish. Because I think the, the backwards thinking is, you know, you can sleep when you're dead is the old cliche. Yeah, yeah. You can, you know, you can, you just need to be work, 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 work. And then you like don't have time to make food for yourself. So you order out and then you, or you just like eat whatever will fill your stomach and not think about the nutrition. And then, you know, you drink and then you don't sleep well. And then you wake up and then you're just in a cycle of just like, I'm not taking care of myself. And I'm not feeling good. So I started exercising, you know, I, 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 I go for a walk, a walk at least at the, the very least every day. Yeah. Um, I train with a trainer twice a week. Um, and then I, you know, I just do whatever else to keep my body moving. And I, you know, as a muralist, that really kind of came to the forefront because I'm using my body a lot and I'm finding myself feeling like I'm in pain and I'm in my thirties and I'm like, okay, that's not good. So (laughs) I need to make sure that I'm like making sure that my body is in a good, in good working order. And then it, it gets easier. You know, I'm like, okay, so I, you know, if I'm, if I'm really taking off now and I'm, I'm smack in the middle of my thirties, I need at least another 10 years, if not 20 yeah. of being able to physically do murals. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, health and nutrition has really, has really taken a front seat to everything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I do take care of myself. You know, it's like, I, I, you know, I'm not above ordering dominoes every once in a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, no, I'm not, think, I'm not above like as you should. playing, you yeah. know, like Mario Kart every right. now and then with a group of friends or whatever, not but a robot. like, yeah, I'm not a good. robot and I'm not a machine. Yeah. I'm not a, and I'm not David Goggins, you know, I'm just like, I'm going <laughs> to, yeah. I'm going to just do what I know works and yeah. also live a life that I enjoy. Uh, I so, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I'm definitely not team no sleep either. So, uh, I, uh, yeah, it's important. And mm-hmm. kind of that same eight to nine. And I can do, we all can do with less, but, you know, uh, my body definitely performs at its peak with, you know, eight to nine. So um, I know we're going a little over time. Do you get a few minutes? I got one more question. I really uh, yeah, a couple minutes and I got to get back. I've got people waiting for me. Yeah. All right. Well, we can just wrap it up then. Um, 
we'll wrap it up with this. If there were one or two things that you could give to the listeners today, that if they were to go and implement today in their life to help them move it forward, uh, what would that be? Um, man, there's, there's actually more than a few things that I would probably say, and it would, it would be context dependent a little bit, but, um, the one thing I would say is like, you can do it like you, yeah. you can do it. And, mm-hmm. but in order to do that, like you need to understand that you're responsible for everything that you do. And like, once you can actually, once you can authentically and actually understand that you're a hundred percent responsible for everything that happens to you, it makes life so much easier because then you realize that like you have the, you have all the power yeah. to, to make a change or do whatever. Like, yes, things befall people all the time, Yeah, you know, and that doesn't mean that, you know, if something terrible happens, that it was your fault, but it means that you are responsible for how you respond and what you do next. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you have the, you have all the power to do what you, whatever you need to do. And you can, you can figure out a way to do it. It's possible. And the other thing is what we were just talking about is take care of yourself first. Yeah. Right. Like if it's literally like, if you literally can't get out of bed and you're, you're sitting, you're being like, when is like, I can't, I can't figure out when my next paycheck's coming in and like my life's falling apart and stuff. Like literally go for a walk, mm-hmm. like start so small, yeah. you know, and then you'll find yourself feeling a little bit happier by the day and then you'll have more energy and more clarity to be able to do bigger and bigger things. So it's like the same thing when, like if you start yoga, you know, if you like, I have never done yoga before and you start yoga, they're not going to put you in these really complex positions and make you hold them forever. Like they're going to make you like bend over and hold it for five seconds, you know? And then like, we'll see how you can do with that. And then a little later you'll find yourself slowly building strength and then you can do more. So I think people, I think people try to, they hold too high of expectations of themselves too soon, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So like if they can't do what they, like they have all this ridiculous standard and then they can't achieve it on day one. And so then they quit and then they feel like, you know, they, they're looking for someone else to blame. And so they blame, you know, society or whatever, you know? And then at the end of the day, society isn't changing and they're still sitting on their couch being pissed about it. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I want, yeah, I just want people to know that they have the power, but they just have to, they just have to wield it. Yeah, very yeah. good. I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, so true. Take care of yourself. And, uh, you know, Jocko Willink would call it extreme ownership, like absolutely you know, responsibility and accountability for yourself. And if you really do take that into your life, it's powerful. So, um, absolutely. I appreciate you being here today and thank you for, going over time i apologize for that oh no 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 problem at all but uh gotta gotta be accountable to all the other people that are over there helping me get the show together for sure like your time for sure and uh you know good luck all the best with the show uh excited to see how that goes for you maybe we could even have you on afterwards uh to see how it went but uh, i'd love to yeah i'd love to come back and give you an update how how can we find out more about you and what you're up to and follow you you can follow me on instagram at Taylork, T-A-Y-L-U-R-K. Um, I have a Twitter account where I post more of my personal opinions. Consider yourself warned. Um, but it's the same <laughs> handle. Yeah. Um, Taylork, T-A-Y-L-U-R-K. Um, and then t- uh, taylorwhite.art is my website where you can check out my portfolio. 
we'll get all that linked up too. So I appreciate you so much for taking the time today. Uh, have a great day. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it too. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I miss my life, miss my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage has never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it Consider it done If you need some inspiration you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Hey, babe.